0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast.
2: The I meat stop singer! Toss on up the first in time to get seven. We run home! Specialist, Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it 5-4. Goodbye baseball! Straight away, center field, to Owen Cruz go back-to-back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings.
1: Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey! Seattle Mariners baseball podcast, thanks for being here once again. As we get you ready for a big series in New York, the Mariners getting set to take on the Yankees for three games starting tonight. So this won't be a long podcast. This is what we have for you, though. It'll be a good podcast. It's quality over quantity in this one. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, great conversation coming up with Shannon Dreher. Also, Rick Riz takes you behind the scenes. Bob Christofferson, groundskeeper at Safeco Field gives you the inside look at what it takes, and it takes a lot and a lot of hours, what it takes to keep the field in such perfect condition. So that conversation comes up. That's a good one. Last night and yesterday, really, with a lot of day baseball, was a great day for the Mariners. So I don't think you could have asked for anything better with the Mariners having an off day and everything went their way. When you look at what happened, you had – The Angels losing, you had the Royals losing, the Twins losing, and the Yankees losing. Everyone ahead of the Mariners lost. So this is what things look like when you have the Mariners at 65 and 63, tied with the Angels at 65 and 63, tied with the Royals at 64 and 62. All three teams a half game behind Minnesota at 65 and 62. Now, the Yankees at 68 and 58, three and a half up on Minnesota. Texas is one game back, a half game behind the Mariners, the Angels, and the Royals. It is unbelievable what is going on when you look at this race. But Mariners get great news while they were idle. Everyone in front of them loses. And now, a big, big series in the Bronx starting tonight, not only to. Try and snatch the second, but kind to pull the Yankees back to the pack as well and make it a two wild card chase. So Miranda will take the ball tonight. 405 first pitch from New York. CC Sabathia will go for the Yankees. Game two, Gallardo, 10-05 first pitch on Saturday. Sonny Gray will get the ball. Mariners know all about Sonny Gray in his years with the A's. He'll go for the Yankees in game three. And then, or game two, game three on Sunday, 10.05 first pitch. It's going to be Albers against Tanaka in game three. Now, there's a very interesting backdrop to this. The Yankees played yesterday. They lost in Detroit in what was a very ugly ball game, 10-6. The Tigers beat the Yankees. Benches cleared three different times in the ball game. Suspensions will be handed out for the Yankees. The question is, though, Will they be served in this series or will they appeal? I mean, chances are they'll appeal and Mariners won't get the benefit of a couple of Yankees players missing. Betances will probably be one of those players as he was tossed out of the ballgame. Kind of an awkward brawl, too, to start things. Cabrera ended up fighting with Austin Romine, the catcher for the New York Yankees. <laughs> Austin Romine's brother plays for the Tigers, <laughs> so... Uh, kind of awkward when Cabrera is throwing punches at the brother of one of his teammates. But benches cleared. Punches were certainly thrown. And we'll see what gets handed down as uh, plenty of bean balls, plenty of ejections, some punches. It was wild. Over four hours the ball game took and the Tigers ended up winning in Detroit 10 to 6. So that is kind of the backdrop to what's happening with the Yankees. Yankees have played good baseball since the All-Star break. You look at the American League, the best team since the All-Star break. It's really bunched. the Red Sox 23 and 15 since the break. You've got Cleveland playing good baseball as well, 23 and 16, the Mariners 22 and 16, and then the Yankees 23 and 17. Those have been the best teams in the American League since the All-Star break. Yankees pitching has been their strength, a three-five-three ERA, third best in the American League since the break. It's kind of the opposite of the first half where the offense really carried the load in the first half of the season, hitting a ton of home runs, Aaron Judge in particular. We'll get to him in a moment. Yankees, though, ninth in the American League in runs scored since the break, 182 runs scored, so their offense has not nearly been as potent He can still hit the long ball, fourth in the American League, and homers with 53, but well off the pace of the leaders with Baltimore. Now we'll get to Judge, who had a ridiculous first half, and you knew he was going to come back to earth at least a little. I mean, his first half was, there's just no way he could keep that pace. But a 329, 61 walks. 109 strikeouts, slugged 691. He hit 30 homers, drove in 66, and hit 13 doubles. He was still striking out a ton, but every ball seemingly put in play, he was putting in play hard. Now, second half of the season, he's batting 186. 59 strikeouts. He has seven home runs. Those 59 strikeouts and 129 at-bats, so that is a ton of strikeouts. So, Without Judge swinging like he was in the first half, the offense not nearly as potent as he really carried the load. Still, I mean, 37 home runs on the season. Matt Holliday is on the DL. Castro on the DL as well. They've had some injury woes have had to deal with. Gary Sanchez has picked up the slack offensively. He's having a really nice second half of the season. Remember, he spent some time injured in the first half, in the first half, 13 home runs. Well, already in the second half, he's hitting 2.76 with 13 home runs, 26 on the season. So he's really stinging the ball. Still a lot of danger to be had in the middle of the order, but pitching is really the key to the New York Yankees, especially with that bullpen. Remember the last time the Mariners saw the Yankees? New York had just made the trade with the White Sox and really solidified that bullpen. Now, things aren't as flawless in the bullpen as they were then. Don't get me wrong. Bullpen is still great. But Chapman is no longer the closer. He has really struggled for the Yankees, especially as of late. So he was pulled out of the closer's role. He went, and it's amazing to think about how invincible he was, but he went four games in a row where he gave up a total of seven earned runs. He was scored on in four straight appearances. uh, Blew a save along the way. Had uh, some near-blown saves. So he's been pulled out of the closer's role. But has taken over that slot. He's been excellent all season long. Robertson has his share of it as well. So don't get me wrong, bullpen is still outstanding. You don't want to be behind really anywhere starting in the sixth inning. At the same time, uh, a little flux in the back end of the bullpen right now for the New York Yankees. The Mariners will miss Severino in this series, which is good. He has turned himself into one of the best pitchers in the American League. They'll face CC Sabathia tonight, and his goal is simply to get him five or six, best-case scenario, and hand it to the bullpen. So key for the Mariners in this one is scoring early. Last time out, pitched well against the Red Sox, went six, gave up two earned. Time before that, three, four earned. And it's really been that kind of – it's been a roller coaster a little bit for Sabathia, his last handful of starts. You look back now on his last four starts, opponents batting 273 against him, 19 and a third innings, a 6.52 2 ERA. He's given up five long balls and 14 earned runs. During that stretch. So that's something to watch. He has dominated lefties this year. Just two extra base hits on the season. And they're batting 231 against him. Meanwhile, righties, 14 homers, 15 doubles. As lefties, he is just throwing breaking ball after breaking ball after breaking ball to get guys out. So that's something to watch. And obviously the news for the Mariners will be waiting. Still nothing yet with the off day. Uh, waiting on Robinson Cano, waiting on Heredia as well, who was hit by a pitch. And Cano, certainly, you don't want to see him out for any extended time. Of course, back in the American League, so Nelson Cruz will be in the lineup. But I think we'll all be waiting on the Robinson Cano news that we'll hear sometime today, and that will be big, big news. Although the Mariners somehow, some way, despite all the injuries, continue to hang around in this race, and really more than hang around, just a half game out of the second slot and what is a huge series now. It's been a great road trip, three in New York, three in Baltimore, then back home. They've taken every series of this trip so far. And they'd love to do the same this weekend, and they'd love to start with a win tonight in New York, taken on the Yankees. So there it is. We're all ready for Mariners-Yankees starting tonight. Right now, let's hand things over to Shannon Dreyer with Marco Gonzalez.
3: Marco, I was just telling you, I wasn't in the clubhouse last night, but I was really interested in some of the comments that you made. This is a process for you every time you go out right now. How do you approach kind of before a game and then kind of breaking it down afterwards?
4: Yeah, I mean, you said it. I'm I'm very process oriented, and I think um, you know going through Tommy John last year. Uh, I think that's what kind of molded me into this mentality that I have right now of just taking it day by day and learning as much as I can, not looking too far ahead, not looking too far behind, just um, you know kind of rolling with the punches and uh, and learning as much as I can from from every pitch, honestly. And um, you know the experiences last night, I felt like there was a lot of positives, um, and I take positives and negatives from every start. Um, you have to, to to be able to grow and. Um, I feel like being able to battle through some tough innings and um, face a good lineup and, and uh, with some good lefties um, and some good righties as well, uh, really be able to execute pitches in a, in a hot and humid climate, which we're not used to pitching in, um, I felt like there was some, um, some improvement, and, and uh, hopefully I can take that into the next one.
3: And looking at your history, I mean, you're a young pitcher. You'd been up a little bit, and then you get hurt. And that, I would imagine, changes things. And now you work back from that, and now you're back up again. That's a lot of start and stop in a short period. Just kind of physically, how do you compare before you were hurt?
4: Yeah, um, injury and, and being on the DL, um, going through a year-plus of rehab, it, it definitely matured me a little bit, um, taught me to really slow down the game and, and appreciate every day, no doubt. Um so I, I think I, I'm in, right now I'm in the business of, of conserving my bullets. <laughs> I, I know that I'm on um, you know, the second magazine on my arm right now, and um, I, I feel like I'm kind of pitching on borrowed time a little bit, but I feel stronger than ever, and, and so I think right now just um, staying consistent with my workload, make sure that I'm staying on top of everything in between starts to make sure that I'm healthy and um, ready to go for my next time out.
3: I remember talking to Tyler Olson a few years ago and he was telling me about working out with you and he's mm-hmm. like oh my gosh I get to work out with him and he's got this change-up that you just wouldn't <laughs> believe and I look last night you got some swings and misses on it where yep. is that right now
4: yeah it's it's a pitch that um is really the backbone of, of um you know my repertoire and and uh I, I build off that I, I try to um you know build my arsenal around that a little bit but also uh, you know, Other teams know that. It's not a surprise. And so I think that these guys, and as well as every other club, knows that I'm going to throw um, the changeup every chance I get. And that gives me an opportunity to work on some other pitches and be able to throw some other pitches in, 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 uh, in counts where I might throw changeups. And so um, really I think that's, that's part of the improvements that I'm making right now is uh, learning how to, how to throw my curveball and, and, uh, in every situation, which I thought last night I, I, I thought actually was one of the better um, outings with my curveball. And uh, and then just locating the fastball, and from there, I think I'm going to have some some success.
3: Sounds like you got some weapons there, and that's a good thing. Now, I'm not happy with the skipper right now because he didn't use the secret weapon. I wanted to see you swing the bat. <laughs> you you were a hitter in college, and uh, I imagine you like to hit. You're not just one of those pitchers who, of course, thinks he can hit. That was part of your job for a while
4: yeah of course and uh and i love to get the bat in my hands um i, I just love to compete i think that that's kind of part of playing baseball i loved uh playing in college because i got to play on both sides of the, of the ball um i hit myself when i pitched even and i felt like that in itself helped me to be a more competitive person i felt like i couldn't take time off during the game i always was mentally involved and um, last night I felt the same way, and I feel the same way every time I pitch in the, um, you know, in pro ball. I feel very mentally included um, in every pitch, every out. Um, but last night, you know, there were the situations that arose when I came to the plate. R- runner on first base with uh, with less than two outs, and I-, I think everybody in the ballpark knew it was going to happen. So, um, you know, I-, I wasn't upset about it. And honestly, in a 0-0 ball game in the first couple innings, I, I know that that's my role. And so um, I, I – uh, I'll roll with it. Maybe, maybe there'll be another one down the road.
3: Correct answer, but that's no fun. But interesting. <laughs> you sound like a DH there. You know, it's just like you like to be involved the entire time. It's yeah. you don't want to just be sitting on the bench. You want to be playing too.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I, I think a lot a lot of pitchers would say that they they want to be involved on both sides of the, of the baseball. But you know, I, I was I was happy just being able to get up there and like I was telling you before, it's. That, that 90 to 92, I think Sims was last night uh, looked like about 105. Just because I, I hadn't seen some pitching in in a little while, um, you know, since my time with the Cardinals. And so, um, you know, I, I, I love hitting. I love everything that it, it brings into into the game. But also, it is nice to be able to cool down in between innings and and get ready for your next one. So there's good and there's bad.
3: All right. So maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. But it's also good to see good pitching out there, and that's the first job. Marco, good to see the progress. Thank you.
4: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: And here's Rick Riz with Bob Christofferson.
2: Longtime Mariners groundskeeper, Bob Christofferson. We're going to find out from Bob about what it takes to keep the playing surface here at Safeco Field the best and most beautiful in the game of baseball. But let's talk about Bob Christofferson. Bob, first of all, welcome to the show. And uh, let everybody know uh, how long you've been doing this and how did you get started as a groundskeeper.
0: Well, this is my 37th year uh, as being a head groundskeeper. I spent 19 in in Tacoma at Cheney Stadium and then been here 17 years so long time but I started my dad was was on the game crew in Tacoma in 1960 when they opened up so I kind of just followed around and picked the bases up and I didn't go to college to be a groundskeeper I went to college to be a school teacher and I was a baseball coach and school teacher and an opportunity came to it's kind of a strange way, just be the head guy in Tacoma, and I took it, and the rest is history, I guess.
2: What What does it take to keep the playing surface, especially the grass here, looking as beautiful as it is and playable as it is for the players?
0: You know, for me, it's it's I just live here. You know, it's just it's a feel thing. Um, you know, they've got. Uh, colleges that specialize in agronomy now and I didn't go through any of that I did it all the old-fashioned way but um, now it's a it's a big science I depend a lot on a lot of support staff my my uh, fertilizer rep he's here I call him up all the time because I want other people's view I I'm here so much I and and my assistant Tim Wilson and he Tim graduated from Penn State University in agronomy. Uh, so it, it's, uh, it's a science, but I believe it's, it's more of a feel.
2: What's the best part of this job, Bob?
0: It, it's all fun. The best part is when we win. When the team wins, I go home happy, everybody goes home. Your body feels different. It's just yeah. this business is, is all about winning, and, and baseball seasons are long, and, and they can take a lot out of everybody, but when you win, it makes it all worth it. Uh, I like being around the players. I love being around the fans. I love hearing people comment about the field. And I like it when somebody walks through the, the um, s- stands, through the tunnel, and the field wows them. And I think that's a goal, and that's, that's an important thing. F- for you know The aesthetic side of it is, is a fun thing.
2: That's really true because I remember as a kid, I'm six years old, first game ever at Comiskey Park in Chicago, 1959. My dad and I, my brother, we walk in the first base entrance, walk up, and the first thing I saw was that green grass. I've never seen grass so green in my entire life, and Bob, I know a lot of kids are doing that at age six, seven, eight, as they come out to Safe Gold Field for the first time.
0: I think that's a great thing, and I think, I mean, again, it's, it's one of the things we strive for.
2: How much do you rely on a guy like Kyle Seeger and Robbie Cano out there to know that the infield is just right?
0: Well, you know, our job is to make them happy, so if, if and I, both of them are great, uh, both of them, uh, do, you know, in the, the field, changes with the roof on roof off april june it's all different and you got to constantly be changing your techniques what they think and what they what they feel you know is important to me and we pretty much know what's in their head and we know when it's not quite the way it should be but there's a lot of variables that go into that on any given day
2: is in with head groundskeeper Bob Christofferson here on Rick's Tips. And, uh, Bob, last night, tremendous ceremony to honor Edgar Martinez. We had his number 11 officially retired by the organization, a sellout crowd on the grass. Uh, his number 11 painted, of course, there's the Mariner's logo painted on the grass right behind home plate. What does it take to, to do that, and how long does it take to do it?
0: Well, it depends on the logo. That one behind home plate takes a long time, and we're doing it about every three days uh, now when the grass is growing so it stays nice and bright. But uh, those are fun things. The logo I want to paint is in late October. Oh, yeah. That's the one I want to
2: paint. The World Series one.
0: Hopefully this year. (laughs) You just never know. So we're we're ready to do it. Yeah. We're just practicing for that (laughs) one
2: right now. Tell me a little bit more about the job, and how long would you like to continue to do this? You've been in this game, as you mentioned, for a long time. It, it's it's a labor of love, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you throw away your watch, and uh, fortunate enough, baseball's a family family uh, business, and and my kids were able to be with me a lot. My wife comes to the games a lot, um, so I see them. Uh, they see me here. Uh, my kids grew up in Cheney Stadium, so. They were, they were sitting next to me on the lawnmower or whatever when they, they were kids, and I think it's good. I mean, I, baseball's all about family, so that's a good thing. I enjoy it.
2: Obviously, you do. Final question. What's your yard look like at home?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah it does. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's my gardener calling. <laughs> no, really, I want to know because... Uh, you know, it's, it's got to be the best yard on the block, it, right?
0: It's not even close because I'm never home. I actually have a gardener. You do. I, have, I have a guy to mow my lawn, and, and he can't put a pattern. I talk to him all the time about a pattern yeah. or yeah. about this or that. And he, he doesn't understand it, so I stop. I, you know, I'm thinking about starting to mow it again because it frustrates me. But, you all know, right. I, I'm, this is where I need to be good at.
2: I tell you what, you're not only good at it, you're great at it. Bob, thanks a lot for the visit and being our guest here on Rick's Tips.
0: Thanks a lot, Rick.
5: 52 years ago, Hall of Fame broadcaster Ernie Harwell penned a piece called The Game for All America. And with certainly all respect to Ernie Harwell, we have taken some liberty with this famous piece. Of uh, English, this essay, my producer, Kevin Kremen, has uh, edited it to kind of personalize it to our use, Mariners baseball. I think you might get a kick out of it. And here is our version of Ernie Harwell's The Game for All America. Mariners baseball is Scoop Jackson tossing out the first ball at the Kingdome in 1977 and a pudgy schoolboy playing catch with his dad on a Yakima farm. It's the big league pitcher with the charitable foundation and the singer who lashes doubles in spring training. A tall, thin old man waving his scorecard from his dugout. That's baseball. So is the big fat guy with a bulbous nose running out one of his 714 home runs with mincing steps. It's America, this Mariners baseball. A reissued newsreel of boyhood dreams. Dreams lost somewhere between boy and man. It's the Bronx cheer, the Seattle wave, the green monster, the walla-walla in right field, the landing in center field at Safeco Field, and a rock home plate and a chicken wire backstop anywhere. There's a man from Chehalis. He remembers a triple he saw, Harold Reynolds' hit in Seattle 20 years ago. That's Mariners baseball. So is the scout reporting that a 16-year-old sandlot pitcher in Pasco is the new Randy Johnson. It's a wizened man, my dad, shouting insults from the safety of his box seat at the Kingdome. And a big, smiling first baseman, Alvin Davis playfully tousling the hair of a youngster outside the player's gate. Mariners baseball is a spirited race of man against man, reflex against reflex, a game of inches. Every skill is measured, every heroic, every failing is seen and cheered or booed and then becomes a statistic. In baseball, democracy shines its clearest. Here, the only race that matters is the race to the bag. The creed is the rule book. Color is something to distinguish one team's uniform from another. Baseball is Sir Alexander Fleming, discoverer of penicillin, asking his Brooklyn hosts to explain Dodger signals. It's player Mo Berg speaking seven languages and working a crossword puzzle in Sanskrit. It's a scramble in the box seats for a foul and a $400 suit ruined. A man barking into a hot microphone about a cold beer. That's baseball. So is a sports writer telling a three eighty three hitter how to stride in a 20-victory pitcher trying to write his impression of the World Series. Baseball is a ballet without music, drama without words. A carnival without Cupid dolls. A housewife in Puyallup couldn't tell you the color of her husband's eyes, but she knows that each hitting three hundred sixty nine has brown eyes and loves to eat white rice. That's Mariner's baseball. So is the bright sanctity of Cooperstown Hall of Fame, and the former big leaguer who was playing out the string in the independent
1: leagues. One, two, three strikes you're out at the old ball again. See you later!